and welcome to Songs for When. The music podcast designed to help you find the perfect playlist for every occasion. He's saving all his kisses for me. It's George. (laughs) And if she was the queen in the year 2012, I'd be Gary Barlow. It's M. <laughs> he bloody loves her, doesn't he? <laughs> she loves him, I think. Just as we started <laughs> that, all my wires caught up and I nearly pulled the entire computer over. Fuck off. <laughs> I know. Everything went wrong. Well, welcome back to Songs for When, everyone. <laughs> the chaotic podcast, apparently. It's just chaos. Yeah. It's literally chaos today. It's you tell we're, we're out of touch. Out of touch. You're, you're out of time. I remember here when you're not around what are we doing today george why are we here oh my god today we are celebrating a few things this is the month of may in the month of may in the united kingdom and across europe and australia we celebrate music with the eurovision song contest that was a couple of weeks ago now but also happening currently presently in the uk we are celebrating the queen's what do you believe Something, Something sub- jubilee. It's a jubilee. <laughs> Woo! Go Queen! Yes. Slay wins a house down boots. Yeah. Mama. Platinum. It's the platinum one. Happy platinum jubilee. Happy platinum jubilee. The jubilee is coming. It's on its way and Eurovision has been, right? This episode was coming out. We thought, what is a better way to celebrate both events than to... <laughs> Merge them into one podcast episode. I'd not heard it out loud before. <laughs> okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, let's should we do a bit of background into these two events? Yeah, start with the Queen. Right, so the Queen has two birthdays, doesn't she? She does. She has her official birthday and also the day she was actually born. It's a bit like Jesus. Is was Jesus born at Christmas? We don't know, but we just celebrate it. But we have a celebration. It's not every year because obviously not all of the years are significant. But it's like it's like weddings, isn't it? So you get your ruby wedding, your golden wedding anniversary, your diamond wedding anniversary, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we get the same thing for the queen. How many years she's been the queen? She has been queen of England. United Kingdom. United Queen of England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Scotland and Wales for 70 years. It's pretty impressive, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. She's got, she's had a good run. But yeah, the Queen's great. And in the UK, and I imagine in probably some places around the Commonwealth, let us know, uh, we celebrate that in this country by getting a four-day weekend. PIMS is involved. PIMS, there'll normally be a street party. You'll street get your parties bun- are involved. Yeah, definitely. Picnics. Oh, my God. The bunting gets out. London is going to be chaos. I would not... I, I say I would not want to be going to London that weekend, and I am going to London that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, though, isn't it? It's all street parties and... Cream tea. Yeah. It's just like, a lovely very- time. I think whether you like the royal family or not, it's actually just quite a nice time. Yeah. It's a good excuse to have a party. It is. It's a good what excuse to have a party. Yeah, and if she wants to make it 80 years on the throne, I'll have another one. But this is the thing as well, regardless of how you much you care or how you feel about the royals, you'll you'll probably still have a street party. It's just fun, isn't it? Like you've got yeah. you get you embrace your day off. Or at least a barbecue. Yes. And there's four days to do it this year. You've got no excuse. Yeah. And then Eurovision Song Contest. So the Eurovision Song Contest was created in a post-war Europe. In, as a way to bring unity and peace and 
across Europe and bring the countries back together who had, you know, not been getting on so well yeah. for, for a little while. It, the first ever Eurovision was hosted in Switzerland, neutral. Yeah. And from there, it's gone on. It's grown. I believe we've just had the 65th Eurovision Song Contest. So not as old as the Queen. But almost. But nearly there. Yeah. Across the years, there's been some wonderful winners. There's been some odd winners. There's been some fantastic acts. Eurovision has a great blend of novelty performers and also some really fantastic actual musicians and singers. So this is an annual contest. Yes. Um, The UK are allowed to enter every year because we give so much money to the European Broadcasting Association. That's right. Or whatever it's called. EBU, um, babe. We do not have to compete before the final ever, but neither does Spain or France or Germany or, or Italy. Italy. So give us a break. <laughs> yeah. And then the, every year, acts enter. There's a semi-final. They compete in the semi-final. And the 10 best acts from each semi-final go through to the final to join the big five, which is as the acts we just said about. And have a just a wonderful night. So historically, historically, the UK at Eurovision has been successful. Historically, pre millennium, yeah. Some of our biggest hits from Eurovision include Bucks Fizz, Making Your Mind Up, Brotherhood of Man, Save Your Kisses for Me. We've had Lulu. We've Boom, bang, had, bang. Michael Bulls. Michael Ball has been a representative. We've actually had some really big names represent us for Eurovision. Cliff Richard, he did it. Cliff Richard did it. Sandy Shaw. Oh my God, she won, didn't she? Won Eurovision. So we've actually won Eurovision a considerable amount of times. And that was in the 70s. Yeah, and Eurovision is also responsible for launching the career of not only ABBA, which is quite famous for launching the career, yeah. and more recently Monoskin. Yeah. So launched the career of one Celine Dion. It did, it did, because she performed f- for France, didn't she? Lux- no, babe, Luxembourg. Luxembourg? Yeah, she's Canadian, so none of them make sense. But yeah, Luxembourg. So in honour of both of these events, we are today coming at you with a podcast episode celebrating the UK at Eurovision. Beautiful. Absolutely And I beautiful. can tell you for now, Brotherhood of Man is not going to be on this playlist. Neither is Bucks Fizz. Because they're not good anymore. <laughs> They've not aged well as songs, have they? No, I, I really, really tried to go back and get one. And I was like, oh, Olivia Newton-John, she did a song for us at Eurovision. It's awful. So the only one I could think of was maybe Samantha Janus slash Womack. but could find um, it on Spotify. Not on streaming. Not, not on streaming. Available. Good song, though. Okay, so let's just recap what we sort of do here at Songs for When. Yep. So every week we pick a playlist theme, then we go away. We pick five songs each that we think best suit that playlist theme, and then we come together and share our thoughts and feelings on each other's songs. That's about right, isn't it? So what is this week's playlist theme? This week's playlist theme is Songs for When, it's Eurovision and the Jubilee, around the same time of the year. <laughs> Because at the minute, I just feel like everything is so British. Yeah, it is. It's a scone. Everyone wants to be British. Everything is red, white, and blue. And we are so proud to be British because the Queen's done this for 70 years. So we've, we're, we're doing it. We're being British. We're bringing back the empire. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> 
I want to make a small disclaimer here that that is not the opinion of me. We are not bringing back the empire. No, we are not bringing... <laughs> it's just banter, isn't it? <laughs> so one of my favourite things about this time of year is our friends over at Hits Don't Lie, Owen and Jacob, have been in touch with us trying to figure out what Eurovision is. And it's just so hard to explain. Yeah, I don't know if this episode is going to make things any clearer for them. No, but what it's going to do is give a good insight into how we have done and performed at Eurovision over the years. And I'm saying over the years, but it's mostly since 1993, I believe. It's quite a small span of time, yeah. Yeah, but we were only born in 1992, so give us a break. And I only really got into Eurovision in 2014, so I'm not a historian. What do you want from me? And also, the thing is, everyone already knows all those songs. Yes, okay. So, without much further ado, what is your first song? My first song, I'm going to start us off with a piece of history. <gasps> and it is Cry Baby by Gemini, our first ever This song. So, uh, this had to go in because we all write at Eurovision for a long time, and then suddenly, here we go, nil point, no points at all, twenty sixth place at the Eurovision was Contest this? in two thousand and three. So the UK, as you said, had historically done really well at Eurovision, mm-hmm. consistently winning four times. Top 10 placements, songs that went on to become hits, yeah. good, good career jumping start points for a lot of people. Lots of even second places, third places. Yeah, doing really, really well. And then we had our Neil Poir with, I mean, have you watched the live performance of this? I don't think it's that bad. Oh, I, I think it's completely out of tune. Oh, I know. I haven't watched a live performance about that. I mean, the song in general is oh, not the, No, bad. the song isn't that bad, but the actual performance on the night was completely flat from both of them. And um, in typical this country fashion, we then threw our toys out the pram and went, nah, everyone hates us. That's it. No, everyone hates us. We're not doing well at Eurovision. We're never going to try again. And kind of adopted that attitude for a long time. For a long time. There have been times in recent years when we have gone, I think more effort has been put in, but it's still not enough. It's not enough. And then, but yeah, Gemini was the start of our downfall. And it's not, I actually feel bad for the pair of them. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. No, because the song is not that bad. I'm going to include a song later on in my choices that is much worse. I, yeah, I just feel like every singer has bad nights. And it, unfortunately, they happen to have their bad night on one of the biggest stages in the world. So apparently, Terry Wogan said that the reason we didn't do well was because uh, Terry Wogan, rest in peace, iconic Eurovision presenter for years and years and years, said that it was because we were suffering from post-Iraq backlash. I don't know if I agree with that, Sir Terry. So everyone thinks the Eurovision Song Contest is so political, and I think it is, but I also do think that was really bad. There is a political element to Eurovision, but I don't think it is the be-all and end-all. Basically, in Eurovision, you vote for the country that you like, and then the, the country from your country that gets the most votes gets 12 points from your country. 
So, for example, Cyprus nearly will always give their 12 points to Greece and Greece to Cyprus and Spain to Portugal and Portugal to Spain because they're in neighbours, close proximity, friends. To kind of put a stop to that, Eurovision introduced the jury vote or reintroduced the jury vote. And now the vote is 50-50 split, jury vote and public vote. Yeah. And it has made a real difference. Yeah, for us, we'll go into that later. <laughs> I, I don't hate this song. I think it has its place in UK Eurovision history. These, it's an important part of UK Eurovision history because it's it just, so bad and it got no points. And it ironically turned us into a nation of cry, cry babies. Yeah. Fucking little sissies. <laughs> George, what's your first song? I hope it's better than this. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to kick us off with a, ri- with a strong one. Yeah, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go in hard with. I think maybe the song that a lot of people don't realise is a Eurovision song. Oh, I know what this is gonna be. It's Gina G with Ooh Ah, just a little bit. This was just an integral part of our childhood, this song, wasn't it? Yeah. So this, so in the Eurovision build-up the other day, because obviously you do have to get involved in the Eurovision build-up, it's like a football game. So there was a playlist on Radio 2, and Michelle Visage was counting down all the top streamed songs from Eurovision ever. And this yep. came on, and Tom was like, this isn't from Eurovision, is it? It's like, yes, it is. Even people that aren't Eurovision mad know this song. So this song came eighth place yeah. the year it entered with 77 points. It's important to remember the points, it's easier to get more points these days. So 77 is, points yeah. was quite respectable at the time. Um, and, what, and it was What year was it? I forgot to write that down. 96? 97? 1996. 96. So I was right. That was guessed. That was just off my, from the top of my gay brain. This was also, fun fact, the last Eurovision song to get number one in the UK charts. So we're hoping that another song is gonna. Yeah, hopefully by the time this is released, yeah, that that would have been broken by a yeah, different song. That would have been a lie. But as it stands, as of the nineteenth of May, it four is, minutes it, past four. It was the last UK number one song that was a Eurovision entry. Yeah, brilliant. It's just a banger. It's just a banger. And everyone in the UK knows it because it was probably at every single one of our discos. Little fun fact, Eurovision at the time, it, one of the rules was every instrument has to be represented on stage. If it's in the song. If it's in the song. And Gina G's song used computerized synthesizers. Nobody quite knew how to represent those at the time. And so they were represented by literally a desktop computer being on the stage. What if you had like an entire orchestra? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know how to answer that. Because another rule of Eurovision, fun fact, is there's only allowed to be six people on the stage. Is that a new rule? I, again, I don't know. What, that was introduced at some point when I don't know. Yeah. So, like, if that if they crossed over the rules and you had an entire orchestra, how could you do both? I honestly don't know. I mean, Eurovision back in the day when it first started, they were backed by a full orchestra. But I don't think they counted as part of the delegation. Well, no, but... They need to sort their bloody rules out, don't they? So, yeah, that was just something. I love that. If you watch the live performance from the night, Gina is dancing around the stage and there's just a, a desktop Windows PC there's on the stage. There's a computer on the stage, isn't there? Yeah. There's a, there's a keyboard, there's a desk, there's a, ma- a monitor. 
a so tower. I'm working on it. I'm trying to picture it right now. Oh, there is. I think it almost, yeah, maybe. And then she has her two dancers, doesn't she? Yeah. So she's under the, the limit for six. <laughs> she's also Australian. Oh, bloody hell. Just another Olivia Newton-John. We'll take it because she that song was cracking. Yeah, and she did it did well. Gina actually attempted to enter Eurovision again for the UK a bit later on. Oh, really? Yeah, and it may lead really nicely into um, one of your songs. So okay. Gina, Gina competed on against not every year, but for some years in the UK, we'll have a show called Your Country Needs You. Yes. Or like Eurovision, you decide. As it has, it's had different names over the years, hasn't it? Mm. And um, they'll have various people come on, perform a song, and the public will vote for who and what song goes to represent. And Gina competed on the year, uh, same year as Katie Price with her song "Not Just Anybody," and another song that's on your list, Em, which is "Touch My Fire" by Javine. So like we were saying, Ooh Are Just A Little Bit was a staple of the school disco growing up. And I feel like for some reason, everyone our age knows Touch My Fire by Javine. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know why. It's like ingrained into my brain. And do you know what it is? I think it's because it's really repetitive. Dun, 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 touch my fire. If it wasn't so like overtly sexual it could have been in che- the cheetah girls 3 soundtrack oh yes it could have been on the cheetah girls 3 soundtrack it goes through had the spanish vibe and then cheetah girls 3 had more like that middle eastern vibe like a bollywood vibe didn't it yeah and this was another one i haven't actually watched the live performance because you put me off watching it but you said oh. she she was dog shit well that. she starts okay like she starts all right and then she starts being like oh, i'm gonna go for it and she shouldn't have gone for it mm-mm so Javine um, is was famous in the UK for being the the member of pop stars the rivals the contestant of pop stars the rivals that didn't make it into Girls Aloud. She came sixth place. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thought. I think everyone across the country who watched that show thought Javine was going to make the group. Yeah, she was really good. We've also spoken about Javine before in the bloopers episode. If you've listened to that, because um, she was someone that we were considering for. Uh, losers of pop of talent shows because she did release a few songs. She did, and then she tanked her entire career by doing this and having an affair with MC Harvey from So Solid Crew. <laughs> I don't know which one was worse for her career. To be honest, I think she might have been able to bounce back from the extramarital affair if she uh, had done so badly at Eurovision. So this was from the year two thousand five. Um. And she got she got eighteen points and came twenty second. It's not even a respectable eighteen points, is it? No, I don't know how she got eighteen points. <laughs> Could you imagine if Katie Price had won with her song "Not Just Anybody"? I think that would have been better. She was pregnant with um, Harvey at the time. She was. Love that. Was it Harvey? What a, 
Yeah, it was Harvey. She wasn't. Yeah, it was with Harvey. I'm certain of it. Can't have been because Harvey's not. That would make Harvey like sixteen, and he's like twenty something. How old's Harvey? Oh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was Junior. Why do we know so much about the Katie Price children? Yeah, he's nineteen. <laughs> he was born in two thousand and two. Must have been pregnant with Junior then. Yeah, she must have been pregnant with Junior. That which is even funny because that means Peter Andre would have been there. Yeah, Peter Andre would have been supporting. He's probably gutted it wasn't him up there. Yeah, he was born in two thousand and five, so that makes sense, doesn't it? Makes perfect sense. That adds up for co- for confirmation. It was Junior Price, Junior oh, Andre, a good Princess, because two thousand and seven, and this was the two thousand and six Eurovision Song Contest. Oh my god! Do you know what? I actually don't care. It could have been Princess or <laughs> Junior. <laughs> 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 oh my god! So that was Javine. Touched my fire. Apparently, also the family tree of Katie Price. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. For my next choice, I'm going to go with, I guess, maybe yet another awkward one. But this does show how the points used to be a lot lower. So mine is our entry from 1999. It is a song called Say It Again by the girl band Precious. Me too. This song, I think, is the definition of jeans and a nice top. Yeah. It's a. It's like they predicted what the early 2000s were going to be like with this song. Yeah, very much. So this song came 12th on the night. I don't think with that's bad. 12th with 38 points. Bloody hell. Doesn't that show how the points are so different these days? The winner of Eurovision this year had over 400 points. Yeah, this is a, a moment. This was a moment in time. I love girl bands. Of course, I was going to find a girl band to bring for the UK Eurovision song. I actually recognise this song as well. Like, I know this song. I don't know if I remember it from the charts or discos or whatever it was. Music yeah, I think it was a moderate. Day. I think it was a moderate UK hit. Mm. Um, did you recognise any of the members of the group? Didn't do that much research, to be honest. Well, one of the members is future host of Snog Marry Avoid and future member of Atomic Kitten, Jenny Frost. <gasps> Jenny Frost. Jenny the Frost. Do you know what? Jenny Frost is the definition of jeans and a nice top. She's Yeah, she is. Although I don't know how um, the pod would see that in Snog Marry Avoid. Oh my God, pod thinks you're a twat. <laughs> <laughs> pod thinks you were rubbish at Eurovision. <laughs> pod thinks you did not get a respectable enough amount of points <laughs> at your ambition honestly yeah this was kind of like the start then after this they had a song called rewind and then they split up and jenny joined atomic kid but she's performed at eurovision so that's not bad is it do you know what i wouldn't i almost think in the day atomic kitten could have done eurovision yeah so this so say it again actually got to number six in the uk charts in 1999 pretty good isn't it but then i think as well although it is it was a eurovision entry in my mind it's almost like they went oh we need a eurovision entry oh yeah that'll do do you know what it it's better than lisa scott lee isn't it number six lisa scott lee i'm actually shocked that lisa didn't do eurovision mm. do you know who did compete talking to lisa scott lee on one of those eurovision you decide your country needs you kind of shows yeah lisa's brother andy scott lee oh weird she was his manager. This is the thing, like, this is what we were talking about earlier. So 
Obviously, these guys didn't do too badly and Gina G didn't do too badly. And we're talking the 90s here. It hit a point and it was a Gemini point that we decided to be like, we'll just throw in crap. Joe, is Lisa Scott Lee's brother free? Yeah, he can do it. Yeah. Let's see if let's see if Katie Price might want to do it. It's not serious. No, I know. It's like we just didn't take it seriously. This, oh, this one's okay. Precious is okay. Like it was a relevant song for the time. It obviously did quite well. Twelfth's not bad. You can't do well every year. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and then we actually, by 2005, when Javine did it, we were still in the territory of being able to recover. Yeah. We should have pulled it back. Yeah. And we didn't. We didn't. And I'm going to come at you with, are you finished? Sorry, do you want to talk some more about Precious, George? I'm not precious about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to come at you with another. And this is the epitome. This song is the epitome of us not taking Eurovision seriously. Let's do it. And it's Flying Flag by Scoop. Unacceptable. I thought at the time when this song came out, I was like, why didn't this do well? It's brilliant. No, it's a joke. Mm. It's, a, it's a fucking joke. It's awful. If you watch it, they are all out of tune. Yeah. The dancing is uncomfortable. The and choreography that... is not good. It's not good. The choreography is not good. And then you've got that man doing random ad lib where he's like something to suck on for landing. It's all weird. It's all yeah. too much. I love a spoken word interlude, but not in this case. I do not. It's, oh my god, they they do that whole sexual um, flight safety performance, don't they? Yeah, it's really wrong. So Scooch were all dressed in like air hostess, air host, cabin crew outfits. And basically they acted like the whole thing was a flight. And there are lyrics about travelling from London to Berlin. All the way from Paris to Tallinn, Helsinki or to Prague. Rubbish. No matter where. I'm actually singing more in tune than they were. Yeah, it's really, really rubbish. Um, and then there's the iconic, oh my God, M, the lyric, flying high in Amsterdam. <laughs> got, I'll give them that. That was good. And just so many. And then there was this automated voice over the top of it, which was actually one of the singers. They would do like flight announcements. Yeah, that's the guy, something to suck on for landing. Yeah. Fancy some salt, he goes, fancy some salty nuts. Yeah. Weird. And it's awful. It is The song is awful. The production was awful. It was a complete joke. It was so cheesy and so tacky. And hits don't lie, going to love it. <laughs> 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 that like um you know like the final chorus after the bridge yeah where the music comes away and it has like this like boo, boo, boo. like it, they clearly wanted the audience all to get involved with a bit of clapping no no there was a song from this year's eurovision that got the audience involved with a bit of clapping serbia oh yeah but that's the point they tried to do that yeah they tried to do a clappy moment and it, it worked work for them oh this... serbia for, worked for serbia didn't work for didn't us. work for scooch it was honestly it was it was a complete joke. It was so it was like um fast food rockers. They I am shocked they have never done Eurovision. Yeah, and this is why Scooch are the reason that people in the UK think Eurovision is a joke. We can pin that solely on these four people, can we? Yeah. 
I cool. think so. Because this was 2007, so it's after Javine. So we we just carried on going downhill and yeah. we got 19 points and came 22nd again. Honestly, I'm so mad at Scooch. They were actually a band before. They got back together for this. This is, well, they shouldn't have. <laughs> no, you are right. They should not have. They um, got it. Shall I make this a little bit more positive? Yeah, come on. Give it a, okay. give it a try. Full disclaimer, this song is not on streaming. We're going to go back in time to the year 2002, right? Yeah, I, this believe, is, I believe it's this, 2002. This is the second highest placed British entrant at the Eurovision Song Contest in the 21st century. Yeah. And she came third place. It's Jessica Garlic with her song Come Back. Lovely ballad, wasn't it? Eh. It was a moment. Came remember, third. This is another one that I remembered. So Jessica was in the top 10 of Pop Idol the same year as Will Young, Gareth Gates, um, all of that. And she was on that competition. And then after she was eliminated from Pop Idol, she went and did the Eurovision Song Contest and came third. And do you know what? She did us proud, I think. I don't think that's one. bad at all. And you know what? This was the beginning of the end, though, because she was right. Be- this was right before Gemini, wasn't it? Right before Cry Baby. Yeah, Jessica was like, "Come back, winning title," and they were like, "Nah, no. we're not doing. We're not doing that." They ruined that. Yeah, they really did. But Jessica, she has a lovely voice. I think it was a good song. It's exactly very. It's very like Eurovision in the year two thousand and two. Definitely, it's really inoffensive. It like. There's nothing that you can see like hugely wrong with it. There's not a huge amount of tackiness or cheese. It's just standard pop ballad from the early noughties. And it was fantastic. And the fact it came third place, like that's what I think when you think about it, 2002 was so it was 20 years ago now. But that means, you know, we did. It's a reminder of people. We did do well at Eurovision. People it, yeah, and it, vote for us. Outside of the 70s, we did well at Eurovision still. We weren't always hated. Yeah, exactly. And she got 111 points. And if you think about the fact that she came third with that, and then the following year we got zero points, they are a big jump. Yeah, and we really should have built on Jessica's success at Eurovision. But we didn't. We didn't. No. No. I actually love this song. I love this song. And I'm gutted. So for a long time, it wasn't on streaming. And then I think it was last year, like just before Eurovision, they got it on streaming and it was like so exciting. I was like, finally. Uh, and then I went to add it to the playlist and I found that it's come off streaming again. What is Jessica playing at? If there's one time of year she needs this song on streaming, it's around Eurovision when everyone's getting nostalgic about it and wants to go back and listen. I know, Jessica, come back to streaming. <laughs> <laughs> How many more comeback puns are you going to make? I don't know. How many more do you want? I don't know, but I do like this song. It's good, isn't it? Like, like you said, inoffensive, perfect Eurovision ballad. Yeah. I think third place is very respectable. Probably what it deserved, almost. Yeah. I don't know what the other songs were that year, but let's say, let's say, yeah. I think this was the year of Tattoo. No, were they in Eurovision? Yeah, they'd already done like all the things she said and stuff. Oh and no, then... that was later than t- two thousand and three, wasn't it? I don't know. 
I do like their song, though. I do like the tattoo entrant. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I don't know what else to say. I'm just trying to find out when all the things she said came out. Oh, it was in 2002. Bloody hell. Was it the same year? No, the year before all the things she said. And then we, they did Eurovision in 2002? 2003 they did Eurovision, and then 2002 was all the things she said. Oh, okay. So Jessica didn't have to compete against tattoo. Oh, no, she did, because she was... Oh, no, she, yeah, because 2002 was Jessica... All oh, right, we're getting confused with numbers. It's very weird. Anyway, <laughs> that's that. That is what it is. Should we come back to the point? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's. My next song is another time that I believe we tried at Eurovision, because we sent a relatively respectable act in a period of... Drought? Yeah, in a period of embarrassment for us at Eurovision, we actually sent an act that could be considered respectable. And it's I Can by Blue. I love this song. Do you love it? It's so rousing. I know. I said that to you earlier, didn't I? You get re- really get behind it. You do. And Europe kind of did, right? Yeah, we came 11th and right? we got 100 points for this. And this was in 2011. And after years in the Eurovision wilderness, I imagine, I mean, I didn't watch Eurovision at the time, but I imagine as a Eurovision fan, and after years in the wilderness, this was probably quite exciting. Yeah, and I think... So a couple of years before, we'd done quite well as well. And I think this was on your list at one point, but it got swapped out. Jade Ewan also did very well. Um, yeah, she came fifth. She came fifth with It's My Time, and she got 173 points for that in 2009. But I feel like that one was backed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And if there's anything Europeans love, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. If there's anything they love. Yeah. They don't love much, but they love him. They. Lo- <laughs> so then... but. This is actually, in my opinion, a better song because I care more about Blue than I do about Jade Ewan. So the issue with this is, so we did well. 11th place, that's very respectable. And we should have. Whoever's in charge, let's say, the, let's blame the BBC. Whoever's in charge of the BBC should have then gone, right, let's build on this. Mm. We have now, you know, they're going to start taking us seriously again in Europe. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. Yeah, and instead of going, that was a good song that was sung well, because, you know, you've got Duncan James and Lee Ryan and Simon Webb in that group yeah. who all sing fantastically. Let's ignore Anthony Costa, which we've done. Yeah, I did. I wasn't going to say it. You chose to say it. <laughs> um, and then instead they went, nah, it wasn't the song they liked. It was the nostalgia. So the year after we sent Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah. And the year after that we sent Bonnie Tyler. And it was wrong because they were not, brilliant it wasn't the it wasn't the nostalgic the nostalgia obviously played a part of it but i can it's just a good song yeah and we got a left hand side to finish that year i believe 11 yeah. would have got us left hand yeah and it's something that bonnie and engelbert did not achieve they could not emulate no no they could and also they were old i mean like there's nothing wrong with being old be old but the talent that you had when you were younger yeah, Blue were probably just at the right time to come back. And they actually did have a comeback around this point, didn't they? Eurovision was right. like involved in the in their comeback that they had. It was yes. so it made sense. So they were riding on the comeback on the tour doing Eurovision. It was a wise choice from the BBC. <laughs> Do you know who I think the BBC could have sent the year after Blue? Yeah. 
A1. Oh, wow. They did this year, basically. Those are the rumours, aren't they? Yeah, apparently it's been confirmed by a few people that Ben Adams from A1, who we have discussed in depth, in length, on this podcast. Too much. Too many times on this podcast. Was half of the Norwegian act this year. With their song, Give That Wolf a Banana. Yeah, Subwoofer. Subwoofer, sorry. Yeah, come on. Have some respect. Yeah. A banger. (laughs) banger. A weird, weird Eurovision banger. It really grew on me as the contest went on. It's this year's like Scooch, but actually good. Yeah, I'll give it that. Okay, so my next song is, you know, it's actually a triumphant moment for the UK. This was uh, 25 years ago from the year 1997. It was Love Shine a Light by Katrina and the Waves. Waves is another respectable, reputable act to put forward to Eurovision. Yeah. American or not. Lead singer American. There's got to be a member, a a British member of the group somewhere. I don't know. I don't think it actually matters. I think it's what it is. Katrina went out there and she sang her heart out. And Katrina, for the last time, as of today and until at least next May, brought the trophy back to the UK. Yeah. Well done. This was the last time the UK won Eurovision. What year was it, George? 1997, 25 years ago. 1997. Love, shine a light in every corner of the world. Let your love light carry. We've actually sent better songs that didn't win since this. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not my favourite song, but I can see how it won. Yeah, it's got that moment where the crowd get to sing along. Yeah. It's quite it's stirring. That message of unity and hope. That you what Eurovision is all about. Yeah, exactly. And the problem is, is now we have to cling on to it because it's all we have. Well done, Katrina, and your waves for <laughs> coming first place in the Eurovision Song Contest 1997. Did you see her this year? So she was on this morning. You know, like Eurovision Week this morning, uh, BBC, all of them, they all bring out like former Eurovision competitors to talk about Eurovision. Mm. It's like, the actual act is busy in the nation. Yeah, they've got a lot to do. Yeah, so they just wheel out former competitors. And it was on this morning, and they were, it was like they were going to Katrina, uh, Katrina, how do you feel that it's been 25 years since you won? And she said, 25 years, it makes me feel old. Imagine how Cheryl Baker feels. <sighs> I said, you, shady bitch. <laughs> I, um, Bloody hell. For anyone doesn't know, Cheryl Baker was a member of Bucks Fizz, who won Eurovision in the 70s. Uh, 1981. Oh, was it? I was thinking, oh, I didn't know that. You yeah. gotta speed it up. Which I hate. I hate that song and everyone gets it out all the time and I hate Bucks Fizz. It's not even, they don't even get it out at Eurovision. They get it out in life. Yeah, because actually there's better songs. Songs that, Cry Baby is better than <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Do you know what Bucksfizz had them that Crybaby didn't have? Rip-off skirts. Rip-off skirts. <laughs> what they had. Have you ever seen Gimme, Gimme, Gimme with Kathy Bates? Um, like Kathy a- Burke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few episodes, but not like exclusive, not like religiously watched it. There's one episode. It's Tom, Tom and, so Tom and um, Linda live together and Tom wakes up on his birthday and um, Linda and their two neighbours are performing 
make you making your mind up with like rip away skirts and do like a full performance of making oh, I your do mind know up. know this bit, yeah. I and do. he's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "You said you wanted to have box fizz on your birthday." Oh, he means orange juice and prosecco. Yeah, <laughs> it's funnier because I think I think Linda like isn't wearing knickers or something. <laughs> it's Kathy Burke, a comedy classic. icon. So it's probably something brilliant. A classic joke that we all think of. And she did. <laughs> um, is it time for the final song? Yeah, here's the plot twist today, guys. Me and George have the same final song. Because how, how could we do an episode celebrating the UK and Eurovision without celebrating one man? The national, our national treasure, our current king of my heart. It's Sam motherfucking Ryder. Sam motherfucking Ryder. And the, and the song is Spaceman. I so in context when we're recording this Eurovision was Saturday just gone. Mm-hmm. I have not come down from the from high this, from the from the high of that night yet. So context: George George loves Eurovision. We get behind it every year. We always have a party at George's house, and this year we were given the opportunity to go absolutely fucking mental when the UK placed second at the Eurovision Song Contest for the first time in decades. So it was our highest entry. It was our highest score since Jessica Garlic. Yeah, it was our highest place, yeah. I honestly, and he deserves it. He is such a wonderful man with an incredible voice and his song was phenomenal. It was amazing. We're obsessed with Sam Ryder. He's taken over my life completely and it's totally fine. His whole EP, I, I listen to his EP on loop. Yeah, me too. It's good. I watch him do random performances on YouTube. I'm on TikTok watching him. Because he started out as a TikTok star, which I think is genius. He already had a following and TikTok is a global brand at the minute, a global app. So people already know who he is all around the world. I just think the choice for him to represent us in Univision was so so smart. Like It tapped into that youth market. Yeah, it was such a smart smart choice and as well as that he's a songwriter and a musician he's not just singing a song that someone else has written for him um yeah and it wasn't just a generic song yeah it had everything it needed he had the acapella introduction yeah he then led into the incredible belts and the falsetto yeah and then it had the winning moment, the moment with the guitar solo and the lights going nuts. Oh, it was just amazing. It was amazing. The I'll performance- never forget all being in our living room. Yeah. Waving. We had um, union flags and we were all waving our flags, singing along, cheering him on. And I just, on it was, it, that will stay with me for a long time. It was I amazing. And then it got to the, the point section and... The juries from around Europe were throwing out 12 bloody left, right and centre for us. So we won the jury vote. We did and then... win the jury vote. We were top of the Eurovision leaderboard for a grand total of about 10 minutes. And then we did incredibly well in the public vote as well. Yeah, and it kept us second place. Honestly, as a Eurovision fan, I will always be grateful to Sam Ryder for giving us that night. I know. And people are saying it. And it's it's sort of a joke, but sort of accurate. He is the saviour of Eurovision. And that was his point all along. 
we have take, been taking it to be a joke for years and years and years. And people are making excuses that we don't do well because Europe hate us. And obviously this is not the case. Exactly. Exactly that. He went out there and just sang his little heart out and he had a positive attitude. He was doing things that I've not seen our acts do for a long time. So he was promoting his song across Europe, performing on TV shows and in random, he was doing, he was busking across Europe to promote the song. Yeah, doing dive bar gigs, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. On Eurovision week, he was um, posting performances. He, Cornelia, who was representing Sweden with her wonderful song, Hold Me Closer, he posted on his TikTok, he sang with her during Eurovision week. Yeah. Um, They sang Spaceman together and they sang her song together. He was doing everything right. Yeah. And he just is wonderful. And I really hope that we are watching him at the start of an incredible long career. So we can we can laugh at Eurovision all we like and think it's really funny. But the one time someone took it seriously, it's really paid off and it's really made a difference. And I think everyone's got behind him and it. And Spaceman's 100% going to go to number one, which will be the first time that this happened this since film, Gina G. Since Gina G. And he really does deserve it. He's really lovely, humble, just sweet, normal guy with just this amazing talent and amazing passion for what he does. And it's exactly what we needed for Eurovision. I'll never forget the moment in the song because the original recording of the song, for anyone that doesn't know, Eurovision rules, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the song has to be under three minutes. That's because there's like 25 songs in the night. So you got to keep the show moving. And um, so the original recording of the song is nearly four minutes long. So we knew there was going to be some changes made on the night. Mm. And it was all like, what they're going to cut? What's going to come? What, you know, what's going to be trimmed? And it's always a bit of a risk because the song was pretty good as it was. And when they have to start making cuts to songs to fit competition rules, it could it could have damaged the it could have made it it could have ruined it yeah take out a key point in it or something instead he just added this incredible guitar solo where he started doing all these vocal riffs and stunning bits of falsetto whilst he's going nuts on his guitar it was incredible it was a it wasn't just a good eurovision performance it was a really good performance like you'd be happy to see that in any show you went to so he is actually a little tie-in to the whole theme of this episode. He got announced yesterday. He's now performing at the Queen's Jubilee concert. So he's going to perform for the Queen now. Of course he is. I know. How- a British. He's honestly a national treasure at this point. Graham Norton called him the saviour of Eurovision. And that man has had to sit through some awful Eurovision. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> honestly, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. So basically, the reason that we've done this episode is to highlight Sam Ryder and the fact that the UK just came second place at Eurovision. Yeah. So obviously what we need to do now and what I am slightly anxious about, because we've seen this happen before after Jade Ewan, after Blue, is not capitalise on that. Yeah, we need to keep on the wave. We need to ride the Katrina and her wave. Yeah, exactly. So next year, I, you know, another, it doesn't have to be another identical Sam Ryder, but someone with the same mindset as Sam Ryder. Someone with the same passion and enthusiasm and that's going to work as hard and take it seriously because it's not just for us. Like loads of European countries take it really seriously and see it as being really important. So when we don't, it looks pretty shit. It's not that Europe hates us. It's that they see something that they love being laughed at. Yeah. Um, you know, whether next year we send a girl band or another guy or a singer, you know, a female singer songwriter or like a rock band, and you know, there's so many different options that could go down. Yeah. As long as they have the same passion and attitude and determination as Sam, 
that's what we want. I bet right now there are hundreds, if not thousands, of singer-songwriters who this time last year were the Sam Ryder, you know, in the same position as Sam Ryder was, thinking, I need to get a slice of that pie. And they might, they just might. The other thing we need to do is to prove to record labels that you can have a career after Eurovision. It's not just for a night. So hopefully Sam will have a number one single in the UK by the end of this week. And then hopefully when his album comes out later on this year, he'll have a hit album, which then shows to people who, because I guess if if you're a manager of a singer, if you've got this incredible act, you want to make sure that you're setting them up for a long career. So previously they wouldn't have sent someone to Eurovision because they wouldn't have wanted to make their career end before it had even begun. But hopefully if we, you know, continue to be on Sam's, you know, championing, championing, I can't, why can't I say that Championing. Championing, say it. Championing. Sam, as we have been right now, then other record labels and managers, we could be watching the next Bloody Adele, the next Dua Lipa on Eurovision stage next year. Like, I'm not saying that this... There, well, no, this could be the start. This could be the start of that. It's pretty much all thanks to Sam. It was a great Eurovision, to be honest. It was a great night. And, it, you know, I actually... All I remember now is the UK getting all their points. Yeah, and, I mean, that's all we wanted stunning it was great as well watching them get the points coming for sam and everyone being excited and all the people in the room with us taking pictures of like us being on the scoreboard high and <laughs> it's one of those things where i think it was something i never thought i'd see as a as a uk eurovision fan yeah and we did it we did well sam did fantastic and he deserved it and it's brilliant um what song do you want to put on the mega playlist um, I want to put Sam Ryder Spaceman on the mega playlist. Yeah, can I put Sam Ryder Spaceman acoustic version on the mega playlist? Yeah, let's put them both on. <laughs> put on the mega playlist the full version and the Eurovision edit. Yeah, so you can put those see. on. Stunning, love that. <laughs> and that's it. That is our celebration of UK at Eurovision, culminating in the absolute triumph of Sam Ryder. okay so it's just about time for us to say where you can find us so you can of course find us on twitter and instagram at songs for when pod find all of our playlists on spotify if you just search songs for when uh, they are all there um including this one although there are a couple not on streaming this week disclaimer there that's what it is isn't it we've got to make do as if i wasn't going to put javine on here exactly and i love garlic i do love garlic as well <laughs> <laughs> okay how are we saying goodbye how do you want to say goodbye i want to say goodbye by saying a massive massive congratulations and salutations to sam Ryder. congratulations and and celebrations <laughs> i want to tell the world that i'm in love with you that one <laughs> Congratulations and jubilations. I want the world to know I'm happy as can be. Who would believe that I could be happy and come?